This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com technews. That's ShipStation.com technews. The city says it has helped 54 out of 100 most chronically homeless people off the streets in a year since a controversial policy was implemented. It's Thursday, November 30th, and this is your New York Daily News. Before today's top story, Thursday's forecast calls for mostly sunny skies in New York City with a high near 52 and a low near 41. For the latest city weather, sports, entertainment, and more, visit us at nydailynews.com. New York City has moved 54 homeless people experiencing severe mental illness into stable housing settings or medical centers in the year since it announced a contentious program to involuntarily hospitalize homeless people, according to Mayor Adams' office. The 54 people were on the city's two so-called top 50 lists, which together include about 100 high-need people who typically stay in the subways or streets, consistently refuse services, and are considered to be experiencing particularly entrenched cases of homelessness. 40 have been placed in some form of housing and 14 are hospitalized, said Kate Smart, a spokeswoman for the mayor. The 54 placements represent a more than 140% increase compared with the previous year, according to City Hall. The top 50 lists, which are regularly updated, once included Jordan Neely, the 30-year-old black man killed in a white former Marine's chokehold in a Manhattan subway car last spring. Adam said Neely's devastating death was a textbook case of why we're doing this work. Neely had experienced years of homelessness. He appeared to be acting erratically on the subway before he was killed. If you ignore the problem over and over and over again, it can turn out to be a tragic outcome, the mayor said at a City Hall news conference Wednesday. Our goal is to catch the Jordans at the beginning. Exactly a year ago, Adams, a moderate Democrat, commenced the city's push to force high-need homeless people into hospital care. The program employs a state law dictating when the city can involuntarily place mentally ill New Yorkers into care. Brian Stetton, Adams' senior advisor on severe mental illness, described the program's initial outcomes as encouraging. We have accomplished a lot this year, but this is a problem that is decades in the making, Stetton said. We are by no means satisfied that we have fully gotten a handle on this problem and we're going to keep working. The program was met with a mix of criticism and praise and remains controversial. Critics say the city's approach overemphasizes hospital care, insufficiently integrates agencies outside city government, and targets only a small subset of people ensnared by the homeless crisis. Beth Harulas, director of disability justice litigation at the New York Civil Liberties Union, was unimpressed by the city's announcement Wednesday. She said that the city had provided little detail about the 54 people and scant data about the broader implementation of the program. Today, we have an announcement of success where there has been no data presented on the directive's implementation, including whether or not people of color are being disproportionately affected, Harula said, adding that the goal of removing people from the top 50 list was not presented as the program's goal when it was announced last year. 
The approach, she argued, was a failed strategy when it was introduced, and it still is. Steve Coe, the former head of Community Access, a housing program for people with mental health challenges, said the city's program is, at best, incomplete. He said the city has not offered clear metrics for success in combating homelessness or curbing the number of people who call 911 during mental health emergencies. The city's homeless challenge has been inflamed by the arrival of more than 140,000 migrants since spring 2022, according to city data, and the shelter population has roughly doubled over the last 12 months. In September, the city had more than 4,500 vacant supportive housing beds, according to city data. Gary Belkin, a former head of the city's mental health department who works out of Columbia University's School of Public Health, said the current administration's effort to battle homelessness faces such headwinds against them with this in-migration. But he said he was worried the city had fallen back on old habits that just haven't worked, over-medicalizing the problem, just getting people in hospitals quicker, forgetting the fact that that is not a magic bullet. We are not using hospitalization as an end in itself, Stanton said. The end is to get that person to the least restrictive setting that is appropriate for them. Thanks for listening. My name is Imran Sheikh, and we'll talk more tomorrow. Spoken Layer Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.